now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea, piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmarlroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Blake and Aaron. They're playing a song. Let's give them a second. I'll set up my WhatsApp notification. 
It's Blake and Dan's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Morning. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are Hi. you guys? We are fabulous. Great. Awesome. Good awesome. Yeah. A beautiful yeah. day in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. You guys, so, you guys so, want to hear a funny story real quick? Sure. So I, I left the house trying to get out of the house really quick because uh, my kids were up way too early. And so I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to get into work earlier. Walked out. I'm wearing my slippers still. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Your house slippers? Yeah. <laughs> like, I walked out of my slippers. Just, so just, I got halfway here and I'm like, well, I can't really turn around and go change shoes. You just felt like you were in some shoes. You didn't really look <laughs> down to see what shoes those were. Super comfy. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyone else ever did that before? Um, <laughs> or was it just me? I went to brunch the other day with no shoes on, and now I wear my slippers here. I obviously have a problem. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I've done something similar where I've not put pants on. That one I don't, yeah. Well, because I was wearing like my, my boxers and I thought I had shorts on. Oh. <laughs> and I, I didn't. But I didn't leave. I, I noticed just, before. You walked outside you're like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't even you got, walk You outside. got to the car and then go, oops. Yeah, I think I, I was going to I put something in my around pocket. here. I think I was going to put something in my pocket, like my wallet, and and I was like, "Wait, where's the pocket? Oh, yeah. I don't have my pants on. I don't have my shorts on." I love that. That's wow. not right. Yeah. Anyway, fun times this morning. I uh, I have a funny story as well. I wish I had a picture of this because we had ordered something on Amazon. Sorry, this is just a funny story. Uh, we ordered um, these uh, plastic pumpkins on Amazon for okay. Halloween. Because we've had the chat every time you get a, a, a real one and you carve it, it dies in like two days here yep. in Cayman. So we thought we would get some pumpkins uh, that we could put on the porch outside that would last longer. Aren't my bag had to inspect them? No. Oh. So <laughs> we get these, uh, we get the boxes yesterday and we're uh -huh. so excited and we open up this box. It's like a pretty big box. Oh, no, they're tiny. No, they're not tiny. They're massive. Oh, really? Yes. They're, uh, it said 20 inches on, on the website. And I'm thinking like, okay, that's like that. Yeah. No, no. They're, they're like this big around. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> they're massive All right. plastic pumpkins. And we got two of them. That's fun. Well, Miles loves them, but I'm like, they're, they're a little, they're, they're a little aggressive. They're a little, you'll see. Yeah. They're a little aggressive. You'll see them on Sunday. <laughs> okay. if you come over yeah. For trick or treating. Trick or treating. Anyway, what's up, Sandy? We got a lot of cases. Well... Yes, uh, lots going on. Good morning, everyone, again. Um, hey, you look, you look uh, amazing. Gorgeous, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, yes. It's just, George. It's just so easy these days that, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> um, yeah, so a new daily record again yesterday. Um, I think we're going to be expecting those for a little bit. So this is the uptick that yeah. uh, we should have been expecting. Yeah. And uh -huh. um, so in terms of community transmission, we had, let me get the exact figure here for you, 123 community transmission cases plus three in quarantine. So 126 mm -hmm. in total for the past 24 hours. So that's definitely a one-day, um, you know, record for sure. And uh, we knew it was going to be high. Um, I think we had predicted on our page, based on what our sources were telling us, that it was going to be around, I think we said 128 or 138. So somewhere in there uh, is what we had heard earlier in the day. And so we're not surprised. So, um, you know, everyone was messaging us yesterday as every single organization had a positive come in. We were getting messages, two positives at the Port Distribution Center, 
Uh, Wellies had a positive, uh, CIS had a positive, um, what other school? Um, Island Montessori had a positive, so it's like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the positives continue to trend upwards, continue to come in. There are some people who are obviously um, very on edge about it. You know, I'm just telling people, listen, if you've been paying attention, you really shouldn't be surprised by any of this. Uh, even when we had, um, you know, or um, what's his official title, but we had a, a, a guy on who he specializes in predictions and he talked about the wave that's coming forecaster, yeah. and forecaster. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, it's really early. I've had one cup of coffee. I'm on my second. So I'm a little, yeah, on, a little on it. Your brain's ticking. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the, this is what we should be expecting. And, and I read some of the comments and I still think that people mentally haven't just been paying attention and they've been living in a bubble. So um, the interesting thing about those numbers, of course, is first confirmed cases of community transmission in Little Cayman. So of those um, four community cases in Little Cayman and a number of those were also in the BRAC. So I'm I'm waiting for the um, public health officials to start breaking this down now. I would like to see figures daily by island, so Little Cayman, um, Cayman Brack had so many and Grand Cayman had so many, but they haven't quite gotten there yet in terms of dividing it up. But they did let us know the results uh, specifically for Little Cayman, which I think is quite interesting. I'd like to see, we were talking about it earlier, uh, of those positive cases, uh, who's vaccinated, who's not. And they're not That's vaccinated. the other bit of information that would be incredibly helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, again, you know, we kind of look at the numbers and we try to guess, um, but it would be great if they just told us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just, it would be nice if they could just do a questionnaire. Everyone's sent at home anyways. They could fill out a little one-minute questionnaire. Have you been vaccinated? How many people live in your household? Mm-hmm. And do the census at the same time. Just mm-hmm. kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> Through email. Kill two birds. I mean, I mean might yeah, but just, but just well, while you're sitting there waiting to get exactly. your vaccine, let's, let's fill out your census form. Yeah, um, yeah, or that. <laughs> they should have census work. Actually, that would not be a bad idea to have them work it. But don't they have to do it through uh, district? Yeah, so they do. Well, I mean, they just need to know your address, I suppose. They have it divided yeah. up by district four. Not a bad idea, um, though, Sandy. Have them, have them while you're getting your, your booster or your vaccine. Yeah. You're waiting anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so for the first time ever, I think um, Cayman Brack had a little bit of a what looked like... Um, we called it a traffic jam, but obviously they were all going to the testing center yesterday in <laughs> droves uh, to to get tested, which was amazing. Um, so yes, they they at least are taking the testing seriously. And to be honest, um, both Cayman Brack and Little Cayman have a higher vaccination rate than Grand Cayman. So mm. kudos to them. Um, you know, I think that it's a it's a good situation for them to continue to get vaccinated. And um, yeah, so very interesting. Wow. Did we mention yesterday that they finally um, caught that gentleman who was on the on the run that he turned yeah. himself in? Yeah, yes. we did. Yeah, yes. he, yeah, he turned himself in. Yep. Yeah. So the police have announced that they're investigating a spate of um, car break-ins that has been plaguing um, the several communities, but in particular the um, Smith Road Villas area off of Walkers Road. Now we reported on this. I think it was last week Thursday that in the past couple weeks uh, prior, there had been at least probably a dozen car break-ins and someone had been going through 
um, cars and just rummaging through them looking for, I guess, loose change or any valuables that you may have left in the car. Mm -hmm. So finally, um, a week after we contacted the police, they've confirmed that, oh, yes, they are investigating it and encouraging people not to leave um, anything of value in their vehicles, which is never a good idea. So don't leave money, electronics or any of that stuff. Sometimes mm -hmm. it surprises me what people leave in their cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I, I've like, had I've had that happen to me here, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in South Sound. I, I had a a um, I didn't have the greatest vehicle, but I always left it unlocked mm. and never anything of value inside. And right. when I came out one morning and it was rummaged through, it was basically you know papers and some loose change. I think they took. And you're like, yes. cool, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, when we lived at a Caribbean paradise, a person broke into my husband's defender mm. and uh, left their tools. Left but the tools. Took nothing because there's nothing in it. Got in there and then left their tools. So they must have gotten spooked or something. Spooked. Yeah. So we actually acquired stuff from them. <laughs> oh, now that's kind of funny. Dorks. Yeah. <laughs> I love dumb criminals. Wow. Yeah. I know. That is too funny. And then, then what you should have done, Aaron, is just watch social media for who put up a little post. Oh, I've lost my tools. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have you have you seen my jackhammer? I'm not sure where I put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be wild if there was a chat. Yeah, no, it was, but it was like a big, like, oh my gosh. it was a big set. So we're like, well, obviously someone's been in here. And just put it up on EK. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know what, what we did with it. I mean, I put it next to the garbage That's bin. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in other news, the credit union um, was sort of trending in the community yesterday morning for making the decision to put someone on unpaid leave who's refusing to do um, a PCR test. So, you know, a lot of organizations are saying, fine, you don't have to get vaccinated. That's your choice. But if you don't get vaccinated in particular, you will be subject to a weekly PCR test. At your and expense. Apparently, like at their expense. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I think um, there's some people who are doubling down and who are refusing to even do that much. And, um, you know, the credit union said, no, 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 that's not going to work. And yeah. so I don't know who this individual is or whatever, but the credit union has issued them a letter saying you're now on unpaid leave. When you get your negative PCR test, let us know. Yeah. Come back to work. Yeah. What's the problem? So... If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated, but then you have to follow all the other protocols that are going to, you and know. You have to wear a mask daily. If, if your job even lets you do that, because some people are just getting let go altogether for not getting vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we saw we saw one person who refused to do every single thing that her employer had requested. So she refused to get vaccinated. She refused to um, be PCR tested. She claimed that she got nosebleeds. Then when they said mask, um, no, I, I passed out when I put on a mask. I'm thinking <laughs> five-year-olds wear a mask and don't pass out. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, she can't wear a shield because that gets fogged up. Um, so her solution was actually to tell the, um, the employer that she would be willing to construct a shield around her desk and alter <laughs> their, their work environment. Um, and she would be willing to take unpaid leave. And in that instance, they said, no, you're still on probation. See you later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye. I mean, so. but that's, it's ridiculous. Like if it, 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 it is, I mean, I can't, yeah, exactly. I, I could not imagine as an employer having given someone all of these options and protocols to follow for a public health crisis, like yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic and for them to say no to every single thing with the most ridiculous excuses. And then they want to dictate to you what the policy is going to be. Like, I can't blame that. Good luck, good luck on unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you all know, that it's just crazy. 
All yeah. the frontline workers wear a mask for hours, eight hours a day, yep. longer. And, uh, every day. and double double masking, um, Blake. You know, a lot of yeah. them. Mm -hmm. um, we've been playing a video from Tampa General Hospital, and they're talking about you know what they're having to deal with on a daily basis. And one lady said she's been a nurse for um, 16 years, and she has never in 16 years placed so many people in a body bag than she has since this pandemic started. And I thought, oh my God, that's shocking, really. But this is reality of the pandemic, you know? I'm it's kind of surprised crazy. as well. We've got some friends that are in the UK uh, that, that went there from here and just because they hadn't been home in two years. And so mm -hmm. they went home for a visit and they're like, nobody, like, nobody is, is wearing a mask anywhere. Well, that's because there are a lot of people. You're like, in the, if you're in the pub, down in the tube. Yeah, but people nothing. are vaccinated. Worse, are they? What's the rate of vaccination over there? Mm, it's not particularly high, but they're also having um, a, a real outburst of um, yeah of cases. So it's not like, know, like is not this, is now, this is now more of the how do we live with this is our yeah. life? Do we keep? But they're yeah. like, if you wear a mask over there, people look at you funny. Yeah. And, and the, listen, the UK has never been um, the UK hasn't been a model, unfortunately, to follow in this pandemic. And in fact, just the following week, there's a scathing report that came out um, about how the UK has handled the pandemic. And basically, they're saying that heads should roll for how they've handled it. So I don't know that the UK is an example to go, oh, well, you know, don't do any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think you should just they, do they, with they failed. We should just do what the experts they're saying yeah. around the world get vaccinated wear a mask social distance from people you know try to just keep a little bit more mm -hmm. you know get your booster shot when you can and yeah. wash your hands like just general normal and in the end we're all gonna have to live with this yeah yeah i mean literally on the 12th this report came out and these are some of the headlines associated with it uh, uk's COVID 19 pandemic handling handling cost thousands of lives Another one said government handing up pandemic had big mistakes. Another one said um, their early response was the worst public health failure ever. So unfortunately, yeah, the UK, I think, kind of missed the mark in a lot of different things. Um, you know, they were, they were even... Were people refusing the vaccine, though? Sorry? Is it, is it because people are refusing the vaccine? No, this was early on. This was even before the vaccine. But Oh, yeah. No, I think everyone did. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this or not. But um, the UK had actually ordered hundreds of thousands of dollars of test kits that were worthless in the very early part of the pandemic. And we had covered that um, as well because it was very, very interesting in terms of how they made the mistake. And they just got duped by someone in China who was looking to offload something that was of no use to them. And they actually paid up front. They didn't do like the regular, like, let's do a deposit. Let's see the product first. Let's like, they just made a lot of mistakes. So that's fine. Well, you know, look, there are a lot of mistakes have been making made, but a lot of people are learning from mistakes. We know more and more than we did, obviously, at the beginning of this. It's almost been it's actually been two years now since we've heard about yeah. the coronavirus, right? Wasn't, oh, it around October? About, yeah. Wasn't it around October, November? Um, like December. We, yeah, about December. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they, they've now traced cases back to as early, I think, as October. But I think yeah. December, we started writing about it on CMR. We were the first ones locally, which was kind of interesting, to pick up on the fact that this there was something out there. There's this virus out there. Because I think our very first story was um, like early January. And we're like, okay, you know, there's something out there that people are concerned yeah. about. 
And then we started reporting on it and it quickly became, you know, obviously the story of the year, but yeah. yeah. Well, kids, that's how fast two years goes. I know, right? Exactly. Anyway. Um, so <clears throat> some other um, interesting news is there wasn't a decent assault in Eastern Avenue on Monday. Um, mm -hmm. The police have reported that a woman was just basically walking and minding her own business and a guy on a bicycle um, decides to approach her from behind, basically grabbed her and reached down her pants. Um, you know, this is disgusting. Yeah, she struggled with him and she was pushed to the ground and re received minor injuries to her face. Wow. And then he fled. Yeah, right? So this is where it would be great if we could carry some pepper spray or something. But Or CCTV um, worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah now, right. I just want to say that I was reading some comments <laughs> online about this, this story. And I just want to say that people that were saying, oh, well, why was she walking by herself? Women should know not to walk alone. It's like, what? It's not victim blaming because, A, it's not our fault if, you know, start teaching yeah. your men to stop sexually objectifying women. Yeah, how crazy is that? And to sexually assaulting them. Well, too. you should Stop be able it. to walk by yourself if you're walking it, home it was, from work. Well, it was or 4 whatever. 30 a.m. Maybe she was going to work. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, who cares what she was doing? I mean, that's her it business. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. It's it does not matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what she was wearing. It doesn't matter what she was exactly. doing. All yeah. that matters is that you mind your own business and teach your boys to, to not touch to people. Together. Yes. yes. You know, th this is such an interesting conversation because I guess it was last week that we were talking about. Um, that sexual assault case with the taxi driver where he got yeah. off, the jury let him go. And you know, some of the discussions yeah. that came out of that is that we continue, especially in this community, and I don't know why, um, we continue to blame victims. And you know, in mm -hmm. other jurisdictions, you cannot say anything about a victim that would appear like you're trying to put the blame on them. So one of the things that he brought up in his defense that was never verified by anyone, but he, he was allowed through his defense attorney or through his statement to throw out there is that, oh, this woman was on cocaine or something ridiculous. Like she took cocaine. There was no evidence of that whatsoever. What would that have to do with the sexual assault anyway? Exa exactly. Right. And in other jurisdictions, the judge would have stopped the trial. Um, you have to disregard that comment, give it no credibility, blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're trying to, you, yeah, they're trying to uh, discredit. Discredit. Yeah. 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 And here you have um, someone who's accused sitting on the sand and he's permitted and allowed in this jurisdiction to discredit um, an alleged victim. And the reason why that can still happen is the legislation hasn't caught up. So unfortunately, we don't have legislation that prohibits that type of stuff in a trial. I mean, in the U.S., that would not be allowed. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that we are so far behind when it comes to things like um, trying to protect women and children in our community. Well, it's um, ridiculous. Um, it's, I have two boys that I am teaching to be better. Thank you. They're better, little, better humans. They're, they're little feminists. Yeah, um, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to do By the way, I, I looked it up. The UK is 68% fully vaccinated. 68% of the, it has yeah. two shots. Well, that's better um, than the US, right? Yeah. Uh, let me just dig up the, because I have every country in the world right now. So let me just dig up the US and see. I think they're at 54% or something. 56.8 so nearly 57 percent not far off actually mm -hmm. uh but yeah not as not even as good as the uk mm -hmm. so you don't see a lot of masks in the states either nowadays yeah. i mean come on only where yeah. they're required but yeah i mean we can do what we need to do let's just you know do what the experts are telling us to yeah. do and not get on facebook and anyway this has been a fun conversation <laughs> <Sandy>? <laughs> tomorrow 
is Friday. Already, I'm telling you, Fridays come around so quickly. And we're going to do some throwbacks for Halloween. So, you know, you've got your thriller, you got your monster mash, uh, werewolves in London. I don't know. Come up with a song for us to play. Oh, okay. Favorite Halloween song. Maybe ask your uh, your audience. Yes, they've been very very helpful. Okay. Um, with the song selection over the last couple of weeks, yeah. Cool. Favorite Halloween song. Awesome. See you tomorrow, right now on Facebook and YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you later. All right, folks. That's Kiss One Hundred Six Point One. Blake and Aaron every single morning, Monday through Friday. Good morning, everyone. Diamond Princess. She's the first one. To click that uh, good morning button. Alice, how are you? Carmelie's got it locked in. Jonathan is joining us. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Um, good morning to Marshall. Omeria is here. She says, pleasant good morning, Cayman. Sandy, can you please wish my nephew, Jaquan Solomon, a blessed birthday today from Auntie? Absolutely. Hopefully he's listening in. <clears throat> if he isn't, tell him to listen. <laughs> oh, send his picture, um, Omeria. Send it on WhatsApp and we'll stick it up on Facebook and Instagram as well. So happy birthday, Jaquan. Felicia's got it locked in. Lillian is here. Wee Wee is always here. Thank you so much, Wee Wee. Um, Keisha, good morning. Carol. Carol should have like a super fan badge by now. I don't know if she has a top fan badge, but she's always here. Um, she says that they need to sort out a proper plan. Uh, relateral flow testing. Shoving thousands in 10 or 14 day quarantine is not sustainable. Um Oh, that's supposed to change November the 20th anyway. So Olivia, good morning. Diana, morning. Sue is here. Irvlin, good morning to you. So um, Philip, yes, honey child, I was calling no names, but we all know the story too well. Um, It actually was her that I was referring to because that is the most ridiculous story that I've heard locally coming out of the pandemic in terms of what people are refusing to do. Ay, ay, ay. So we're going to play a video here in a second, just waiting for it to finish um, uploading. About, in case you missed it, listen, if you guys are missing these COVID spotlight series, you're missing a lot of information. Um, And it's not for lack of trying, because we're definitely putting the information out there, but you can still go back and watch it at your leisure. Um, I had a young lady yesterday that was talking about how, you know, she's taken her parents to get vaccinated, her husband, the kids, everybody. But she hasn't done it because she has a heart condition. I was like, did you not watch her special with the three cardiologists talking about this? And she said, no. And I said, girl, let me send you the link because let me tell you the truth. You of all people definitely should be vaccinated. You got a heart condition and you're you're thinking this is going to be a bad thing. Uh, I said, honey, the truth of the matter is getting vaccinated when you have pre-existing conditions is what you want to do. In fact, just yesterday, I had somebody else who's now getting a little bit antsy and she's been one of these like, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated and I don't trust it. And, da, 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 da. and now because the community spread yesterday, she messaged me and she's like, Sandy, um, where's the vaccination clinic? I need to go get vaccinated. Because I have diabetes, I have this, I have that. You know, she's talking about all these things um, that she has. Let me show you guys the vaccination schedule. I think this is the last one. Uh, Yes, version five. And so I said to her, um, good for you. Good for you. If this latest community spread is scaring people into doing what they should have done months ago, 
then wonderful. But I did say to her, you do know it's going to take about eight weeks for you to get after your final shot. I mean, not eight weeks, two weeks after the final shot for you to start to get um, your protection, you know, your immune response protection. And she didn't even know that. And I'm like, girl, you got to start paying attention to stuff. Like the information is out there. The accurate information is out there. They're paying attention enough to the inaccurate information um, to be able to spread that on their social media platforms. Then you got to pay attention to the correct stats and correct information. So I'm a little bit surprised that she didn't know that because we've definitely talked about it more than once on this program and elsewhere. And um, she's like, oh, I didn't know that. No, you don't go get a shot and immediately uh, get the protection five minutes later. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, that's why within the cu first couple of days, you might feel kind of feverish um, from the vaccine because it is already starting to work in your system. That is also why um, anyone who talks about things like GBS and other things happening, you know, a minute after, a day after, or even 24 hours after a shot is given is a little bit missing the mark because they don't understand um, how the vaccine actually releases into your system and how it works. Mm -hmm. um, Deep Blue Sea, thank you so much. By the way, big shout out to Fosters again this morning. I am eating, you guessed it, my overnight oats. Thank you, Fosters. It's actually not that bad. Um, I mean, when I say it's not that bad, I'm saying it's actually pretty good. I could enjoy this, you know, so healthy food doesn't always have to be taste like paper. I'm so, um, I got to tell you, you know, when you have kids and you try to introduce them to something new, they're so honest. So sometimes I'll say to my daughter, oh, try this. Don't you like this? And she will say, it tastes like nothing. And I'm just like, what? She's like, it tastes like nothing. It doesn't have a taste. And there are some things that we eat that might be nutritional for us, um, but they really do taste like nothing. They're just bland. Mind you, she's not one for a whole lot of spices, but <clears throat> certain things she's like, this just tastes like nothing. <laughs> so I can tell you that this overnight oats actually tastes pretty good. Coconut shavings, this one's got strawberry, blueberries in it. <clears throat> and the oats themselves, um, I don't know what else, what the other ingredients are, but there's something else in here that gives it a little bit of sweetness, um, <clears throat> but it's pretty good. So this is breakfast two days in a row. I figure I can do this at least probably three days a week without getting too bored with it. <clears throat> um, Deep Blue Sea says, given the hypersexualized culture that has now saturated Cayman, I'm not surprised when these types of assaults occur. Any woman who walks across a construction site will agree. Um, <clears throat> Deep Blue Sea, I agree with you, except for one little thing. I don't think <clears throat> that it is now saturated, my apologies, Cayman. I think it has been here a very long time. Um, I believe that we have always lived in a hypersexual environment, <clears throat> especially with men feeling like they can do whatever to a woman, whether it's cat calling in public, um, inappropriately looking at her, touching her, whatever. Like sometimes I have witnessed, like I'll be, you know, walking in public or whatever. And I have seen men undress a woman 
in the most ridiculous way with their eyes and just, you know, their body language. And anytime I witness it, I will stare them down in the same way to undress them to see how it feels. And sometimes they catch me like looking at them with a view of disdain, like, really? And I give them this glaring, like evil eye. And then if they know me, they're like, oh, Miss Sandra. And I'm like, don't Miss Sandra me. Don't be looking at that woman like that, you dog. <clears throat> anyway, um, good morning to Tommy. Good morning, Irvlin. Uh, yes, Irvlin did tell me that this one was pretty good. I think once I had it before and I was like, mm. it all depends on who makes it. So this was purchased from, which store did I get this one from? I'm trying to remember. Um, Hmm. Was it Countryside or the other store? I can't remember now. Does it tell me in the label which store is that? Probably not. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I got to try to remember which store I went to that day. It definitely wasn't came out of base. So it's either going to be airport or countryside. I'm going to have to think about it. It was probably airport. John, good morning. Uh, John says many people are positive out there and not saying it. So it will continue to spread. They have to close for a week and test everyone and know where the positives are. That's the way, um, how they're going to control it. So testing is definitely the key. However, I must say that um, shutting down the entire country just to test people, unfortunately, isn't realistic. But people have to be responsible, right? So this is community transmission, folks. And what that means is if you have it, you are very, very likely to transmit it. So remember um, on Saturday, we posted up on our social media page that um, Cotton Club had some positive cases. They had three barmaids at that time and a um, DJ. They were all out after having tested positive. Other people had taken their tests, but they were awaiting results and they forced those people to go to work. On, on Saturday and <clears throat> into Sunday. And guess what? At least one of those persons um, has since come back positive as another barmaid. And then her boyfriend works for the Port Authority. You see the three degrees of separation that we're always talking about when it comes to the, um, the COVID you know, situation. So the boyfriend works for Port Authority. Yesterday morning, he found out that he's positive and another coworker at Port was positive. So the Port Authority had to close down their distribution center off of Portland Road, which is like the Port Authority um, CBC um, <clears throat> center. So it wasn't the main one that were, um, <clears throat> sorry, it was not the main one that was actually um, shut down yesterday. So I just want to clarify a few things about the port. So, of course, uh, you know, people always contact me. I seem to be the first to know when something is happening on this island a lot of times. So if, if positives are happening, listen, you better believe that uh, CMR is going to know. So that's how we knew that yesterday's numbers were going to be close to. Let me tell you what. Um, let me tell you what the original number was that we posted. I'm just having a look at social media. I think it was 130. We were told that the numbers are coming in in the 130 range. Um, did I say 138 or 128? Mm, 138 is what we had heard. And it turned out to be 126. So not really far off uh, in terms of those numbers, right? <clears throat> 
And uh, so this is how easily it is transmitted. <clears throat> and the other issue is, unfortunately, what should be happening, I got a frog in my throat this morning. What should be happening is people, employers should be saying, you know what, let me be proactive and test everyone <clears throat> oh, in the workplace. Um, so there's a positive at Wellies. Wellies should now say to all their staff, everyone has to go get tested. Employers, you have a degree of responsibility to contain it even within your work environment. And your lack of disregard for that, um, I think is quite shocking because there's some employers who are actually forcing staff, staff to work when uh, they should just be waiting and test results. And you know, how, how, does that, how does that situation, that greed of wanting to stay open when you don't even know the status of your worker is going to help you? Eventually you're gonna have to shut down anyway if you have an outbreak and we're gonna hear about it and we're gonna put you in blast on CMR that you just need to do better. Good morning, Daisy. Vernita's here. Thank you, Miss Sue. Uh, Luis says, morning, Sandy. What's the credibility to the COVID test over the counter being now sold in stores? So they're about 90, 95% accurate. Um, here's the thing with the lateral flow test is you actually have the opportunity to buy more of them and to take them in the privacy of your home. And there are people who are concerned that individuals are taking them, testing positive, and then not reporting it to the authorities. You also have a legal obligation to report your positive results. And what you should do is if you get a positive uh, result from the at-home lateral flow test, you should then um, go and get a PCR test to verify that positive. Because um, pretty much unlike the PCR test, the lateral flow test can give you a false positive. So you will wanna go and get that verified. So Carol makes a very valid point here. She says, that's why lateral flow tests are important. Can't just shut businesses down, it's ridiculous. Unfortunately, lateral flow tests are expensive here. Um, they're ranging, I think in the $10 range, but guess what? If you have a staff of 10 people, 10 times 10 is what, $100? That's not really all that expensive uh, when you're talking about the health of your coworkers and the health of your customers. So if you have to spend $100 a week, even on the lateral flow test, for your employees to get tested, to me, that's that's a drop in the bucket when it comes to having to shut down your business and potentially losing thousands of dollars um, because of that. So Gabby says the construction site across from Hurley's, sure that they had to shut down. Buenos dias, Erica, como estas? Estoy bien. Uh, Rocio says her workplace, they tested yesterday and they were all negative. Thank you, Rocio. So Rocio is again at a salon and salons are, you know, a little bit higher risk because you were in closer contact. Um, so um, Kevin has said that the, they usually come in packs of two and in the US the average cost is about $20. So the price here for them isn't any different. So um, Carol, apparently in the US they're not any cheaper. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, that you know they are. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't think that that's expensive. You you can't even go to lunch for ten dollars in Cayman anymore. So uh, you know you buy a drink and it's ten dollars. So spending that on a lateral flow test to know your health results to me is kind of like the thing to do. 
Um, let me just see here now. So yesterday, let me just um, see where this video went. Mm -hmm. So yesterday morning, literally after the show, we started getting um, some feedback that the credit union, we saw the letter that they had let someone go um, because they're refusing to get their PCR test. And I got to tell you, I, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it at all. Um, I reported the story as factually as I could. We had reached out to the credit union for comment. They did say that they were going to be sending something through and then we never got anything. I mean, that's on them if they don't want to comment on it. I think their letter is pretty self-explanatory. And um, so I don't know that they needed to, to say um, very, very much. Um, so here's what the, uh, the letter actually said. Let's pull up the letter. <laughs> All right, here it is, folks. Um, so this is a credit union letter. It basically said that this letter serves to advise you that as a result of your non-complying with the following uh, section of the credit union's COVID-19 policy and not providing a current medical exemption, you're required to leave the office on unpaid leave effective immediately until you provide a PCR test um, or a completed vaccination card. So... They clearly have a policy that uh, you should get vaccinated. Um, I mean, they're encouraging people to get vaccinated, I should say. But in the event that you choose not to get vaccinated, you should provide them with a weekly negative PCR test. And in lieu of that, you'll be staying home on, on paid leave. Um, they're not firing them yet, but you got to stay home on unpaid leave. Mm, do I see a problem with this? No. You cannot believe and think that your organization can set policies in place which are in line with, you know, what the country has mandated, what the government has mandated, and that you can choose to not follow those at all and there will be no repercussions. I mean, really? Hmm. Why wouldn't you get a piece of your test? Why? Especially with community spread uh, happening as it is at the moment, why would you not want to get a PCR test to know your status? Well, section four of their um, policy says that people, the employees are being encouraged to get fully vaccinated from October the 25th. Those who are not fully vaccinated by that date and except if you have a medical exemption, will be required to be tested weekly with a PCR test and the result has to be submitted every single Monday and um, to the HR department by nine o'clock. PCR test 72 hours before. And if you don't have the PCR test, um, then you know basically you're not in compliance with their um, policy. So, um, Carol says that the, the lateral flow test is free in the UK. Well, the government is bringing in some free, I think, mostly for school children. Um, 
So there's that. John says living with COVID doesn't mean that everyone has to have it. Mm. Well, I think what it means, that, John, is that if people are not taking the necessary precautions to prevent it from spreading, wearing their masks, social distancing, and so on, that it will spread. It doesn't mean that it has to or that you have to get it. However, you guys do know, and we keep saying this, and I feel like we have to say something 20 times for it to sink in. The scientific community is saying everyone, just like how you get the common cold and you get the common flu, eventually everyone will end up with COVID. This is no longer, it's going to phase out by next week and we don't have to worry about it. This is going to be here with us. It's not going anywhere. We're learning to manage it in different ways. And eventually you'll get it. How sick you'll get, whether you're going to survive it, those are the unknowns. Nobody can tell you that because there's so many factors, quite frankly, that play into that. We know that the better and stronger your immune system is, obviously, if you have no comorbidities, the easier it's going to be on you. So things like trying to get that weight off. You see me sitting here eating oatmeal for a reason, folks, because I got to drop 50 pounds to be in the right zone, right? And getting your blood pressure under control. You know, uh, I don't know if you're a diabetic, probably what you can do about it, but there are lifestyle changes that can help your diabetes. You know, all of these things are important. Eating right, exercising, getting enough sleep, those things help your immune system. But you can be in perfect health, as we have seen, and have no known pre um, or no known comorbidities, pre-existing conditions, or any of that, and COVID can still kill you. It is what it is, okay? So I want to make sure that we understand the realities of what we are dealing with. So are people going to die in the Cayman Islands? Everybody pay attention. Read my lips. Yes, people are going to die. It cannot be stopped, right? Shut down our borders forever. Then people are going to die for other reasons. <laughs> lack of employment, lack of food, stress because they can't work. And that's not a logical response. So I think, John, what needs to happen, and I'm really, really flabbergasted, disappointed, because even yesterday, um, going into the evening, somebody said, oh, you know, why hasn't the government made a statement? Well, actually, they had a statement prepared. And the Minister of Health released that statement last night. We played it on our social media page. And I'm sitting here reading the comments on her statement. And people are like, let me read some of these ridiculous comments, because some of them really are like jacked up, right? Oh, well, what was the point of this? To tell us not to not to stress out, not to get... I'm just like, what? And, and, and why is she still telling us, you know, um, to get vaccinated? It's like, the government has been very consistent, actually, in their messaging. And they have said, we are going, this is where we're going to be, right? We knew that this was coming. The only, the only difference is, we thought that this was coming once we opened our borders. Why? Because we were living in such a bubble that we believed there was no community spread when this virus was slowly but methodically seeping through and moving through our community. 
And you know the old saying that ignorance is bliss? You know what that means? What you don't know won't hurt you? This is where what you don't know can and does hurt you all the time. And because we didn't know what was happening, we didn't know that it was being, it was going from person to person, we thought, oh, we're safe. Let me throw a party with hundreds of people. You know, we're safe. Let me go in a bar crowded, no mask, no social distancing, touching people all over the place, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, we get one case in Northside. The woman wasn't even hospitalized for COVID. So imagine, let me put it this way. Let's say that she never went to the hospital, right? For her other health issues. Y'all might still be living in this bubble because it's only the people that started to get sick enough to require, and in her case, it wasn't because of COVID, it was something else, but because she had to be hospitalized, when they did her COVID test, because at least the HSA has been saying, hey, you're not going to go on any of our wards without getting a COVID test. So they've had those protocols in place, right? And because they've had those protocols in place, now we know that, oh, gee, we've had community spread for a really long time. Well, one of the important things that we need to make sure that we're doing in this community is please, folks, participate in the census. Right now, we don't even know the exact number of people that are in the Cayman Islands. The only way we can get that information, population count, all this other statistical information to know how we're doing as a country, develop policies that will help the people is if you participate in the census. We're gonna keep talking about uh, policies in the workplace and what you guys think about it. Beginning the 10th of October, residents across the Cayman Islands will be invited to participate in the 2021 census. What is the census? Simply put, the census is a headcount of every person living in the Cayman Islands. The population count and data are protected and authorized by the Statistics Act. The information is confidential and cannot be shared with any law enforcement agencies. Your response helps guide business, social, and economic planning for the future of our islands. The 2021 Census will inform decisions on how millions of dollars are allocated for roads, schools, hospitals and healthcare clinics, fire, emergency response services, and other programs. Census enumerators will visit your household, ask a few questions like, how many people live in your house, including their age and sex? Every person counts, no matter who you are or where you live. So have your say in the 2021 census. All right, folks, um, really, really important to um, participate in this. I think it's, you know, just one of those things that we have to be um, committed to. And um, let me just uh, one second here. All right, so of course, um, what does this mean? Do you think that an employee, employer, um, does not have the right to set certain policies in place when it comes to the workplace? I think that they have every right to do so. Um, if they're fair and equitable and in the circumstances requiring a weekly PCR test, you know, if you don't wanna do it, then go find an employer that doesn't have that requirement in place. Um, but I think any employers, who do so are being very, very smart. 
Uh, Sue says that one bank does this and um, all will and no pay. Uh, Marshall agrees that whoever doesn't want to get vaccinated or do PCR tests should lose their jobs. Tracy says this is not right. So Tracy doesn't agree. Um, Hunter and Andrea seem to be having a, a discussion. Sorry, Andrea and John seem to be having a discussion there. Um, so John says we need to stop the spreading. Well, let me let me kind of put out an alternate viewpoint out there for you, John, to consider. We have people in this community who continue to perpetrate this misinformation that COVID isn't real. Yeah, there are people who are still saying COVID isn't real. So therefore, they don't believe in the vaccine and the vaccine is a hoax and there's no need to do it. Those very same people, if they don't think that COVID is real, and I, and I had a very interesting conversation with one of them just briefly the other day, because, you know, she lives in the BRAC. Um, and I said to her, I said, oh, well, you know, your husband is a government worker. So now... Um, are you concerned about him getting this thing that you say isn't real? She's like, oh, um, I didn't quite work, word it like that, but I said, oh, what about your husband? You know, he works, you know, around these guys or she says, oh, well, did I tell you? Oh, he'll be fine. Did I tell you that, um, my dad had it two months ago and I said, oh, oh, and he's fine. And I'm thinking to myself, how can your dad have something that you said doesn't even exist? Miss Trump, Trump set, Trumper. You, you've said, you've doubled down for months and said, this is all made up, it doesn't exist. So how does your dad have something that's fake? Okay. Now, because your dad had it and he's older, that doesn't mean that hubby's gonna get it and survive because hubby got some health issues, some comorbidities. Hmm. We'll wait and see. But John, my point is this, if, the anti-vaxxers, they call themselves pro-choice, don't believe that it exists or they don't believe that there's no need for you to take a vaccine because the vaccine is a big hoax and blah, blah, blah. The only other way you can get any immunity is to actually catch it. So they should be the ones out there first in line to catch it, if you ask me. Right? Because they're saying, let me, I, they should be saying, um, I need natural immunity, let me catch it. And I agree with that. Line up every single one of them that was at that protest, pro-choice um, uh, protest should now be lining up to catch COVID because you will get natural immunity from it or it will make you gravely sick or it will kill you. Those are your three options. And either way, you've got the immunity, even if it kills you, right? I mean, I won't do you any good if you're dead, but I'm just saying. Now, if you're on the other side of the spectrum where you rely on scientific information to help with your decision-making process, you know that even natural immunity just isn't enough. So even if you catch it, so all these people who are now catching it, in a way, good for them, because they're catching it. Most of them are not being hospitalized. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get vaccinated because the science says your best position is if you've caught it and survived, you've got the natural immunity, now you wanna couple that with vaccine-induced immunity, because you are the most protected of all, even above those who are just vaccinated. So the, the 126 people that got it yesterday, if you're in that number and you're unvaccinated, folks, go get vaccinated. 
So yes, Tracy, COVID is going nowhere. So Luis says that we're so lucky here in Honduras, a PCR test is upwards of $100 US and here they are free. Well, in Cayman, you can still go to government facilities and get a free PCR test. But you know what these employers are now having to say is if it gets to the point where you have to pay for your PCR test, they're not paying for it. So if you look at that credit union letter, it also says in that letter that you will get it done at your own cost, your own expense. Because they're not going to take up that cost. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not all over the world can you get things for free. Karina, good morning. Uh, Karina says that's why we should have uh, we should have to get it done before we get other people infected, right, Sugar? Well, I mean, listen, it's mandated for work permit holders. That's going to take a while for all of that to, you know, because based on renewals and new applications, right? Um, so those people have to get vaccinated. And I can tell you that there is no greater motivation than community spread to get vaccinated. Just like the, the friend yesterday who messaged me, oh, I'm going to go and get vaccinated now because I'm diabetic. I'm, you know how many conversations I've had with her about, girl, why you need to go get vaccinated? And it was like, yeah, yeah, Sandy, I know, you know. But um, this person sent me this about Fauci and this person sent me that. I'm like, okay. I stopped having the conversation because at some point you just can't care anymore about the fact that you've had five, six, ten conversations with someone and they're just not ready. They'll eventually get ready or they're going to get it and it is what it is, right? So I just kind of left the person alone. And now yesterday they're messaging me, where can I go get vaccinated? Where's the vaccination center? I'm going to go next week. I said, girl, next week? I hope you don't catch it between now and next week or the two weeks after you get it, the vaccination, because, you know, you're still not going to have full protection for a while. But that's a motive. That's a motivator. Seeing how quickly this will go through our community. Four people in Little Cayman out of how many? A couple hundred people. That could literally take a week to spread in Little Cayman. Cayman Brack, a month, maybe three, four weeks. And everybody in Cayman Brack would have it. The same little islands that we went to such great lengths to try to protect because of their older community. Yesterday, now they have upwards, I hear, of 20 cases on Cayman Brack. The firemen who were exposed to the one guy from Little Cayman have it. Now, I'm not saying they got it from him. Hear me very, very clearly because nobody can say that, although they can test and, and tie the actual virus together, right? So they can do like genome testing to see who has the same strain of a particular infection. That's how good this testing is. But I'm not saying that it came from him because maybe they were hanging out at the bar where the barmaids now have, a barmaid and a DJ and Cameron Brack um, now have positive cases as well. I don't know what these firemen been doing, child. I don't know who they hang out with or who they're canoodling with. But the point is, you've got a number of people in the Brack who've now tested positive. So y'all saw that long line yesterday? Hold on. Let me bring you the evidence as we like to show on this program. Where did I save that video now? Hold on one second. 
the BRAC was crazy yesterday with the number of people lined up to um, get the test. And yes, we were like, mm, first ever um, traffic jam on the BRAC. It technically wasn't a, it technically wasn't a traffic jam as such, but you guys know what I mean. Who has ever, I didn't even know the Brock had so many cars. Who's ever seen this before? Um, amazing. I never knew the Brack had so many cars. When I saw that, I was like, eh, that's a lot of people in Kimmer Brack. You don't ever see that many people come on to anything on the Brack, not even church. But I'm glad to see that they're going and they're getting tested. So let's talk about a couple things before we watch this prediction video. Let's talk about a couple things with testing. So yesterday was the system inundated with people trying to get tested? Yes. They did over 1,000. Hold on. Let me tell you how many they tested in a single day. It was, I think, over 1,100. Um, 1,350 PCR tests in 24 hours, basically or probably a little bit less than 24 hours, right? And um, three positive in travelers, the rest all community cases. That is a lot of tests. And in fact, there might even be people who were tested who have, whose results haven't come in yet, because that's happening as well. So I don't know if that's inclusive of all of the tests or if that's just inclusive of the ones that they have results for. I think it's probably just the ones that they have results for. So some of you are messaging me saying, oh my gosh, doctor's hospital is out of test tubes. Mm, I probably am not all that surprised. Now, from the day before, where we tested so many, um, I think doctor's hospital should have been thinking, eh, yes, I think that we need to be considering um, the fact that we need to have ample supply of everything. Now, I don't know what their supply chain situation is. Right? Maybe they had it in the warehouse and nobody could go to the warehouse to get it. I don't know if it's on a boat. I don't know where the test tubes are. If they'd buy it from another medical supply store on island, I don't know. What I do know is at this point in time, anybody who's providing testing, especially for government, and so forth, which doctor's hospital is one of those facilities. They have two locations that they should amp up and rev up all of their testing capacity. This is a given, right? 
Now, we don't know much about doctors' hospitals' preparedness um, or their capacity. They were invited in the show that would have been last week, I think Thursday, when we had other um, on-island facilities, including Health City and um, another local clinic, talk about their preparedness as private institutions. Because you've got the government arm, the HSA, right? They have to be prepared. We spoke with them on Tuesday. Kevin did a great job with that show. But last week, he talked to some private sector people. And there are other private sector organizations who reached out and say, we want to get in the conversation because we want people to know and understand how we are prepared to handle and assist the community and individuals as well. Unfortunately, the representative from Doctors Hospital was a no-show and we never heard anything from him. We never heard, I was in emergency surgery, my apologies for not showing up. You know, this is what happened that we just never heard a word. I don't know what happened. I can't tell you what happened. All I can tell you is they were scheduled to come on. They had confirmed that they were coming on. They had reconfirmed that they were coming on. And then they were a no-show with absolutely no explanation. It would have been nice to have heard from them because Doctors Hospital is one of the larger facilities on the island. And they do have a government contract for testing. So, you know, we would like to know um, what happened yesterday, how you ran out of test tubes. Like the PR team over at Doctors Hospital should have been on top of that because you're making me address it kind of in a vacuum. I haven't heard a word from them, so I don't know. Um, so these were some of the complaints. Uh, we had people, I had people messaging me, Sandy, I was tested 72 hours ago and I still don't have my results yet. So there's also that people who are waiting and don't want to move from home, don't want to do anything. They're waiting on test results. And one person said to me, you know, if I'm like some of these jackasses out here who don't care about anybody else, I'd be going to the grocery store, doing all this stuff, not knowing my test results. But because they're in an environment where somebody else has tested positive, they are concerned that they need to stay put. And in some of those instances, those people are receiving positive results and they were saying, we ain't getting a phone call and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. So I thank you for being responsible and for thinking about community spread and think about other people in the community while you await your results. If you can stay home, that is definitely what you need to do, especially when you are the primary contact of someone who's already tested positive. That's why I got no time for people like Cotton Club forcing their workers to go to work when their coworkers, four coworkers have tested positive. And you see what happened? Some of the ones that you forced to go to work came back positive too. So was the system inundated yesterday? Yes, they wasn't ready. Did, did the Faith Hospital, wherever they're doing the testing, I don't know if it's at the um, center uh, there in Cayman Brack at the Ashton Ruddy Center, which is where they do everything in the Brack, or if that was Faith, Faith Hospital where they were lining up, right? Somebody at Cayman Bracker can tell me. Were they ready for testing yesterday to that volume? Nope. But you know in the Brack, one person got it the day before. Another person got it. Of course, everyone in the back was like, OMG, we all need to go get tested. Good. I think that's perfect that they all went and got tested yesterday. I hope everybody in the back got tested. Because that'll certainly give us a fairly good idea. If all 2,000 people that live in the back get tested, we'll know what their situation is. The more people that test, the better. On this island, we should have 
available test kits for every single, if we say we got a population of 70,000, rounded up to 100,000 people, and then times that by three. That's the kind of reserve levels that we should have for the PCR testing capacity. But you know, how many, how many machines do we have? I don't know. But what I know is those poor little machines are working 24 seven. I'm sure they need a little minute break in between or something. They soon break down. Do we have another machine on the way? I'm just, I'm just thinking here, right? Forward thinking. These machines are not cheap, but HSA tell government you need some more money to buy another machine because that one is being, that one is running hot as these young people would say. That one being overworked and getting no overtime because this is our new norm. The reason why they have to use people like Health City, Doctors Hospital and other facilities to help with testing is because they cannot handle it all themselves. And here we are. Deep Blue Sea says that when they start seeing others die from complications from COVID, then there's going to be a resurgence in the vaccine rates. Well, I would hope that people don't need to see someone die in order to understand the difficult situation that we're in. Right? It's like reinventing the wheel. My aunt Lottie and her pearls of wisdom always used to tell me, you can learn from the mistakes of other people. You do not have to reinvent the wheel. Why? I don't have to personally make a mistake to look at the situation and go, oh, it's probably not a good idea for me to walk in the middle of I-95 and just stand up there because I might get licked down by a car. I don't have to personally put my hand on a stove top to know that I'm going to get burnt. You know what I'm saying? Like, learn from other people. Look at other countries around us. That is why, and I'm going to play this video again. Moya, thank you very much. She says, people keep missing the fact that you can still get COVID being vaccinated, but the point is you're less likely to spread it. It also helps you to fight the virus so that you don't end up on a ventilator in an ICU. Unvaccinated people are the main people who spread the virus when they contract it and end up in the hospital in every capacity, even sitting in the emergency room full of people to see the doctor to realize they have COVID and have uh, have now just infected all the people waiting to see the doctor as well. Yes, that's 100% factual. That is why when I sit there and I watch the ICU video from Tampa General, I'm just like, wake up people, this is the reality. All these people can sit behind a microphone, behind a camera, and they can tell you, oh, don't get vaccinated, don't trust the vaccine. They give you all sorts of misinformation out there, conspiracy theories about Fauci and this on that one. But they're not showing you the reality of people living and dying with COVID. They're not, they're not letting you see that. So that because you've been living in this bubble, psychological bubble that you've created a bit of your own, right? And because the borders have been closed, when a person dies who's vaccinated, oh, you jump on that like that happens everything with it. Oh, see, see what I'm telling you? Colin Powell was vaccinated and he died. The man also had cancer and was 83, 84 years old and probably had other comorbidities that they're not discussing as well, like high blood pressure, obesity, and whatever else. And he is still in the, what, 3 4% that will get 
COVID, haven't been fully vaccinated and die, and you want to, you think that you're going to have that kind of luck, you know, to not be the 97% that's unvaccinated. To me, it just, it doesn't even add up. Like, I don't, I don't care where you are on the spectrum of this argument. If you continue to sit down and say to me, oh, vaccinated people are dying too. And I'm like, really, honey? Look at the numbers of how many vaccinated people are dying versus unvaccinated. What group would you want to be in? Like, seriously. I would want to be in the group that has 90-something percent protection. Here's what the frontline workers and the experts are saying. Take their word for it. Don't even believe me. When I see people on social media saying that COVID is not real, it makes me so very angry as a nurse. I'm like, how dare you just shadow me one day, just one day, just an hour. Walk around this unit and see what you see and you will know that COVID is real. I think sometimes it's easy for people that are sitting on the comfort of their own couch, posting on social media about why the vaccine isn't good for you. That's what I find truly frustrating because we are in here and we're seeing it every day. We're watching people die. I understand that people have certain reservations about the vaccines, but you know, you see hospitals full of COVID patients. You don't see hospitals full of patients that are sick because of the vaccine. We've been keeping track of our deaths that have been happening in our ICUs and 100% of these deaths are in the unvaccinated individuals. My father died in April. He was scheduled to get his vaccine the day he was admitted into the hospital, but they didn't have enough back in March. There are vaccines at every store, at every corner, and I'm taking care of people every day who make that choice to not be vaccinated. Don't let your families go through that pain. That pain is something that rips our hearts out every time we have to put your family member in a body bag and then having to do it to our own family who would have done anything to be vaccinated but couldn't be. I have been an ICU nurse for 16 years and I have zipped up more body bags from March of last year to this point than I have in my career. When you are zipping up body bags for two 30-year-olds within 48 hours of one another, you don't get over that. Scientists all over the world are coming to recognize that this is a war that is going to be with us for a while, especially I think living in Florida with our current vaccination rates. This is a war that we're going to have to continue to fight. And our best defense against the virus is still vaccination. All right, folks. Um, so someone shared on, oh God, I was just trying to stretch my, my tennis elbow. Oh, this thing is so painful. Can I tell you? Um, someone was sharing that there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of firemen that um, are positive. And um, I think, yeah, there's, there's a number on the back for sure. 
I don't know what the numbers here are in Little Cayman. I mean, the sad thing about it is those individuals now have to obviously isolate with their families. And someone was asking me yesterday, do we have enough people on the BRAC now? Because we have, I don't know, nine, 10 firemen that are positive or whatever the number is. It's not like the BRAC has a huge contingent of fire officers. Are there enough of them there to do shift work where the 7378 can actually safely land on the BRAC? Because remember, they have to have uh, so many employees qualified at a certain level for those larger planes like the Max 8 to be able to land? And I said, hmm, it's a good question. And it's one that I actually do not have the answer to, to be honest. I would have to ask um, the fire service and see what they come back with. But it, it is a valid question. Here's another comment on WhatsApp. It says, morning, Sandy. The whole system is overworked and overwhelmed. I just got out of quarantine the last couple of days and travel time didn't even do their random check to see if I was okay or even in the apartment. Child, travel time needs a real working over. Uh, the phone died twice while in quarantine and no one called me. They probably really weren't even tracking me because of how the phone died. And you don't know, question mark. I could have went anywhere and do anything. It's all a mess. Not to mention the day that I was supposed to get out. I called three times to get my results. And the last call was about 9 p.m. And they sneered the phone laughing. I asked for my results and if I could leave. And they checked and came back and said, oh, yeah, you're good to go. Just unprofessional and unorganized, like I said, a mess. Well, folks, you guys know that I have been no fan of um, travel time for a minute now. They've been screwing up a very long time. And um, this is now where, you know, if you were private sector, some heads would roll and you'd be fired a long time ago. But that just ain't happening because they're government workers. Um, some people, I know that travel time is hiring people who haven't worked for years and otherwise, you know, would probably be uh, undesirable in other jobs. And they're trying to give people an opportunity here. But I don't know what kind of training comes with that, because based on that comment, the lack of professionalism there is... It just makes me shake my head and say, what a mess. Like, are you serious? Am I surprised? No. Miss Darlene, um, government, head of the civil service, because the, the, you see, th this is where y'all don't get it. The elected officials can't go to travel time and say, we're going to fire you from the top all the, way, all the way down to the bottom. They don't have that kind of power with a civil servant. France Manderson, in charge of the civil service, Mr. Wesley Howell, I believe, is the chief officer for um, where travel time falls under. Listen to the people of the Cayman Islands when they tell you, and we've been telling you for months, travel time needs to shape up. Travel Cayman, travel time, whatever the heck they're calling themselves, shape up yourselves. While you're busy uh, patting each other on the back and giving each other um, medals and accolades and recognitions and OBEs and this and that and blah, 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 y'all have been failing the people of the Cayman Islands. You're only as good as your weakest link. And your weakest link in Travel Cayman sucks, okay? Let me just be very, very frank with you this morning. We're not going to cut no cheese with nobody. Y'all need to get it together. You're a disgrace, actually. There's stories that I've heard, and sometimes I don't even share them all. 
Right now we have a poor Caymanian woman who's stuck in Miami. Lord Jesus, don't even get me started. Travel time, figure your shit out. Honestly, what's the point of travel time if you don't even check on the people, right? If you've got this guy who said his phone device died twice and you don't even know. Because remember, you're supposed to keep it fully charged and you're supposed to do this and that so they can keep in contact with you so that they know your whereabouts. Mm. Sandy says, how many, Sandra Miller, sorry, says, how many times can you get COVID-19? Apparently you can get it numerous times. That's the other reason why, even if you catch it, um, you will want to get vaccinated because you can catch it again. I don't think, I think it's going to be like the flu. There's not going to be a limit on how many times you can get it. Uh, John Scott says, need to train the people that give the test how to do it properly. Um, if you could stop hurting people, maybe some people wouldn't mind getting the test. Well, in order for them to take it, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. Um, I don't know if it's hurting. I mean, I had it only done once when I had to go um, on the pediatric ward with my daughter. It wasn't pleasant, um, but it didn't necessarily hurt. It just wasn't comfortable to have anything stuck up your nose. Um, someone says here that they know people who've had it three times already. Anita says, let the anti-vaxxers get exposed to COVID-18. It's COVID-19. <laughs> In 2018, we were still enjoying life, boy. Um, they will eventually get exposed just like everybody else. The only difference is the anti-vaxxers won't have the protection, none at all. And, you know, a lot of them have said, let me put it this way. Some of them have said to me that they're ready to die. Charming. So they don't, they don't care. That's why they don't want to wear a mask. That's why they don't want to wear masks. They don't want to wear even the plastic thing. They don't want to do anything because they are ready to die at the age of like 45. They're ready to die. Good for you. I'm not ready to die. I have something to live for. You see when people ain't got nothing to live for, they're, oh, I'm ready to die. The Lord could take me now. I can't live in this world anymore. Oh, I wish it was that easy to just say, Lord, just take him right now. Bloop. And he'd be like, okay, bing, bing, bing. The world would be so much better. Those of you who are so ready to go could just go. Mind you, when it really comes down to it, then you're begging and crying in the in the ER. Why are you going to the doctor for if you're ready to go? Stay home and die. Then y'all be like, no, oh, doctor, save me. Put me in a ventilator. Do this, do that. You know what? Sign up, do not resuscitate. Do not put on a, on a ventilator. Do not give any medical help. Sign all those forms if you're so ready to go. Make sure that we can keep some of those ICU beds available for other people who need it. Rachel says these anti-vax people are demanding their right to expensive monoclonal antibody treatments. They're aware that this treatment is created in a lab and has emergency use authorization and not full FDA approval. Oh, Rachel, touche, touche. You see, this is where you've got this narrative in your head where you will believe any BS that agrees with your position. So you are an anti-vaxxer. So you want to believe all this stuff. And all the reasons that they give for not wanting um, the Pfizer and all these other vaccines, Rachel's pointing out the hypocrisy in that statement to say that these monoclonal antibody treatments, which are very expensive, thousands and thousands of dollars, 
is in the same boat in terms of FDA approval, emergency use, created by some big pharma company that y'all be hating on, who you think created uh, monoclonal antibody treatments. It wasn't created in a cave, y'all. <laughs> same big pharma that you're cussing going on with. John Levy, good morning. Good morning, Miss Brenda. And some, well, somebody's got to pay for it. Who's paying for it here? I don't know. Is government going to pay for all those anti, uh, what's it called? Monoclonal antibody treatments? Or do these people better have some insurance that's going to pay out this money? Speaking of that, y'all wait to see insurance rates going up soon. Tracy says, how is it the government is not prepared? Well, I would not say that they don't have a plan. I think what has happened is whatever plans they were working on have been escalated. And I feel sorry for the government. Trust me, I really, really do. I would not want to be in their shoes. But at the same time, I'm in the shoes of the people. And I will have to address the concerns of the people. Um, so I think, Tracy, it's not about not having a plan. It's about you now have to execute your plan in the real world. Because this is the thing about COVID. COVID ain't waiting on nobody. COVID didn't wait on anybody to introduce itself to the world. It didn't email presidents of the world, unlike what some people think. It didn't come from Bill Gates saying, okay, I'm about to release this. Y'all get ready now. Have all your stuff in place. It hit with a vengeance. I'm actually on air. So unless you're trying to get on air, I'm not sure why you're calling. <laughs> but it hit with a vengeance. Um that, you know, no one could have predicted. No one in the world was ready for this. And the UK has failed. The US has failed. Countries bigger than us with tens and thousands of resources more than us have failed at this. They were just not ready either. You know why we have been able to pat ourselves in the back 18 months in? is because the progressives did the easiest thing in the world. It's easy to lock down a country. Right now, you want the easy way out? The, the government could say, let's just lock us all down again. That's easy. Nothing easier than locking up, especially on an island. Lock your borders, right? Nobody in, nobody out. Stay at home. The police back on the roads. If you don't have an emergency authorization, you can't be out on the roads. Lock down the whole island. That is the easy response. The difficult response, the honest response, is that we cannot continue to be in lockdown mode because we can't survive in lockdown mode. We can't survive as a country. We cannot survive as individuals in lockdown mode. Locking people down is horrific on so many levels including the psychological impact. But trying to be prepared as it's unfolding, trying to get all your ducks in a row, right? Having the plans being tested and rolling out in the real world, that's the difficult thing. The government went with the, met with the opposition yesterday the opposition has it easy now. They can sit down and criticize. But have you ever asked the opposition, what's their plan? Let us see your plan. Since you're so such geniuses, we don't have to put you back in power to see a plan from you. Let's see your plan. 
oh no, we don't want to share a plan with the country because we care more about the game of politics than actually trying to save the Cayman Islands. That's essentially what they're saying to y'all. But you know what? The truth is they don't have a plan and they've never had a plan. The shutdown plan was easy. The reopening plan, they never had one. They had not consulted with the civil service. They had not consulted with private sector about reopening. None of that was done. So I, I laugh when I see the progressives trying to criticize this government and they put their social media minions out there to make these memes and make fun of the government. I saw one that was so stupid the other day. Poor France Manderson made a little slip up and he said, instead of saying dot your T, no, what is it? Dot your I's and cross your T's. He said the opposite, dot your T's and cross your I's or whatever. A really common mistake to make, I'm sure. I'm sure I've probably said it the wrong way too. And people, someone actually decided to make a video of that. And then at the end, they put up Wayne Canton's face. I'm like, that's so stupid. It wasn't Wayne that made the comment. But you know, these are just trolls. Like they don't even have to use logic in making a meme. I'm like, okay, that's just dumb as, as bricks. France Manderson is human. He said it the wrong way. But, you know, I applaud France for coming on the program the other day at the press briefing and saying that they've got their plan in place. They're working on it. It's a live plan. And they are doing what they need to do. And we want to hear more about the details of that plan. Absolutely. Come on on the program, France. Come on on the program, civil servants. The people want to hear all about it. But the people also need to be realistic that it is very, very easy to sit back and criticize about not having a plan or about, oh, you don't know what the plan is and you don't like the plan and you criticize everything. Y'all wouldn't be able to survive running this government for five minutes or anything. Some of y'all can't even run your own households, much as a freaking government. I mean, I see it all the time. People run businesses and other people outside criticizing the business owners. Well, you don't know what it is to have to run a business. You don't know what it is to have to purchase anything. Somebody was saying to me last night, that show that we did last night, that we aired last night, the interviews on the chain supply crises, a major fast food company was saying to me last night, the owner of that organization said, Sandy, every time we place an order and we get a new shipment on the invoice, it's like, oh, by the way, your cost of everything has gone up 17%. Your, in, your invoice has just increased 17%. Plus your duty and your shipping, everything gone up 17%. And they're like, what are we going to do? We have to pay it to stay open. Now y'all sitting down there eating chicken legs and burgers and whatever. You don't know what these companies are having to do to even try to maintain their pricing within the current range. All you can do is criticize. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't get a burger for 99 cents anymore. Aliana says, good day. I'm done with the rhetoric. If you want to hold up the process of reopening the country, you need to be shown that your ignorance has a cost. Weeby says, I have an 11 year old granddaughter and she can't wait to get vaccinated. Louise says, people like, I don't know what is in the vaccine. Question, how many of us know what's in a polio vaccine, a flu vaccine, a simple Panadol? So this is not an excuse for not taking the vaccine. You know what is so funny, Luis, is um, you are more likely 
to probably have a reaction from like Panadol and painkillers have an association with giving you heart attacks than a vaccine, but y'all still be popping them like nothing. Tracy says, remember the BRAC does not have a, a incubator. Um, Kevin, did the HSA professionals address that when they were on the show? Unfortunately, I was tied up on Tuesday. Did they say how BRAC preparedness specifically is going? Marshall said he didn't know the Brock had so many cars, apparently. Thank you, Brenda. Y'all not reading ingredients on in your food either. Darlene says, Sandy, my opinion right now is this. This puts our hospitals in a big risk of becoming overwhelmed by all these positive cases and therefore puts our patients at risk of getting emergency treatment. Well, the good news is, Miss Darlene, so far, the hospitals have not been overwhelmed by anybody in terms of patients being admitted because the vast majority of people with COVID are having mild symptoms. Now, you know the anti-vaxxers are going to use that argument as well. Well, why get vaccinated if I'm only going to have mild symptoms? Because you may not be so lucky. So, Ms. Darlene, your point is taken. It hasn't happened yet. But how many ICU beds we have? I've been in the ICU. I'm trying to think. I mean, you walk in, and I think it's like one, two, maybe... I want to say maybe six. Do we have how many ICU beds do we have? Um, it's not really that many. So let me just ask how many ICU beds does the HSA have? So, yes, um, you know, there's going to be things that we have to do, like setting up um, these uh, kind of like, what do you call them, military style temporary hospitals. That might have to happen. Put y'all outside and little tent. Miss Anna, she says, you're looking brighter these days. It's the beautiful, um, it's technology that makes me look good. And it's actually a computerized look, but it works. I All I do is put on the lip for this particular one. I do the lips. So the lips are like real, but then the little, it looks like I have on like eye makeup and stuff and eyelashes. I actually don't. Um, but it's just amazing how a little bit of blush and, and eye makeup can make you look so fresh and young. So, but yes, thank you, Miss Anna. I will take it and I will continue to use this because it means that I have less things to do in the morning in terms of getting up and putting on my face. I put on a face, but it's like a virtual face. Uh, thank you for confirming that was Ashton Ruddy. Uh, Mr. Shalat says this is just the start of the breakdown of the system. Well, the system hasn't broken down yet. I think the system has some areas of concern that should be quickly addressed and they're easy to fix. So let's try to fix travel time. We can certainly start there. Um, so Shane says, you're selfish. A lot of people have medical problems and don't want to be an experiment. They're afraid of what you had COVID and what? And they're afraid. Or what if you had COVID and have natural immunity? Stop blaming the unvaxxed. The BRAC has COVID now because vaccinated people brought it in. That's ridiculous, Shane. That is the most ridiculous comment I have ever heard. You don't know who brought it in, but we do know that the person who traveled, who would have infected probably some of those firemen from Little Cayman is unvaccinated and he's an anti-vaxxer as well. And now he's sitting at comfort suites, positive. That's who probably exposed a lot of these guys and he's unvaccinated. Stop talking foolishness. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. You say a lot of people have 
uh, medical problems. What medical problems? They don't have medical problems that should cause them any concerns about the vaccine, that's for sure. A lot of people have medical problems because y'all fat, including myself. We are fat and obese. Some of us high blood, have high blood pressure. Some of us have diabetes. Those are medical problems. That's what, when I use the term comorbidity, that's what I'm talking about. And you know what? You're more at risk of getting seriously ill and dying from COVID than anybody else. And that is why if you have those medical problems, you should be getting vaccinated. So what you say isn't factually correct. It makes no logical sense, but it is the very argument for why you should get vaccinated. Ms. Brenda says, any word on the gentleman who had handled a positive test with no instructions as to what to do? When he discovered he was positive, he called and was unable to speak with anyone. Was told he would get a call back within an hour, no call back. He was proactive and called all of his contacts and colleagues to told them to get tested. Hope he's feeling better. Who was that one? I didn't, I didn't quite hear that case, so I'm not familiar with who that is. Um, Tracy, I've sent you the link in WhatsApp. Just click on that and you can call in. Ms. Brenda says cancer of the blood cells as well as Parkinson's um, both compromise his immune system like 75%. Oh, wow. I didn't hear of that case. Uh, the world shortage. Well, that's a good question, Sue. I mean, so far, you know, we haven't um, had any considerable shortages here, but... It's a possibility, yes. John says, uh, morning, John. Cayman needs to live with COVID now. Um, good prep for border reopening. I mean, the irony of it is, is we're getting the outbreak before the borders have even reopened. Um, Anne says, everything 345 on Instagram posts a good video on how to do the lateral flow test. I will reach out to those guys over there. Um, good morning, uh, Hero Blair. He says, we need all hands on deck. Everyone must get vaccinated. We cannot procrastinate. Um, Soka says, uh, Jean Scott, bingo, shoving the swab up people's nostrils like they do, like they're doing brain surgery. I've had many tests done over here in Florida and never had anyone hurt my nose. When I saw, when I, when I say how I hear it's done in Keyman, they said that's because they don't know what they're doing. Well, if, if the testers here don't know what they're doing, then obviously they need to be trained. That is a, that's a no-brainer. Thank you, Marshall. He says, travel time is a joke. It seems like they're traveling. Their mind um, is on vacation. Miss Brenda says she's glad that other people are speaking up about travel time because she's been ignored. All right, so let's watch a few videos. We've got one here about the ICU bed question. And we also have one here that addresses um, the predictions of how many people are going to get it. All I can tell you is get ready to be infected. I am, listen, part of the are you, are you ready to reopen campaign is actually psychologically getting ready to reopen. What does that mean for you as an individual? And what does that mean for your family? Yesterday, Dr. Lee talked about the necessity to be prepared. So you know how we have like our hurricane preparedness list and everything, you should also be prepared to have to isolate because of a COVID infection. So don't get caught without any groceries in your fridge. 
You see, I say this with a degree of sarcasm because I'm one of those people who I don't like to buy a whole pile of groceries and pack up in my fridge because it goes to waste. We're a very small family. So I buy like I need to go to the grocery store at least once or twice a week. I like my fruits fresh. I went yesterday and um, I bought the small pack of watermelon because I know when I buy the big one, it doesn't get used and it gets thrown away and I'm wasting money and food. Probably the longest thing that lasts in my fringe is like milk and cheese because they don't go bad anytime soon and probably yogurt. So I can buy a few more of those. But anything like vegetables, whatever, I don't stock up, but listen, have, know that you can, in case I get a call today, come pick up your daughter from school. You guys have to go in isolation. I'm like, oh, snaps. Know that you can afford to get groceries in your house. If you don't have any, have some canned goods. Be ready so that by the first day, you're not like, oh, we're starving. My family has no food. I need an emergency number to be able to call. Um, Aliano says that he's wondering if you're ready. He, he opened, he landed on October 21st and was subjected to a shit show and was even tested before you leave in the airport. Well, they don't do that anymore, Aliano. You got to keep up now. They don't do any testing at the airport anymore. They want you to have your PCR test in advance of coming in. So the, the rules keep changing. And I must admit that for some people, it's, um, a little bit of a you know situation because there's, there's some degree of confusion. So someone contacted me yesterday and they said, listen, someone came in um, and they're being forced to do 14 day quarantine, but they thought Caymanians who were fully vaccinated could get a reduction. And so I was like, well, look at the regulations. This is what the regulations say. And they said, yeah, I know, but you know, this is what travel time said 14 days and they didn't tell us why. So as I started speaking to this person, and um, they talked about, oh, they were vaccinated by the HSA, blah, blah, blah. I said, um, were they vaccinated and met the criteria for vaccination? And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you had to have been vaccinated at least two weeks, 14 days prior. Because remember, that's when you actually get the benefit of the vaccine, right? And then they go, oh, mm, that's probably what it is. But why didn't travel time just tell me that? And I said, I don't know. I don't work for travel time. I'm not running the show over there. But it seems like whoever was dealing with them at travel time told them they had to quarantine 14 days and didn't explain why. So they're thinking, okay, I'm a Caymanian. I'm fully vaccinated. I meet all these other criteria. So why am I not doing the seven days? It's because of when they got vaccinated. They haven't been vaccinated for the two-week period. That That's the definition for the purposes of the regulations and the law to be vaccinated. And when I said that to them, they're like, damn, you know more than these so-called travel time officials. And I said, well, I'm not claiming to know more, but at least I know that much. Miss um, Della, good morning. She says, it could be said that the blame can be placed in travel time for this fiasco, all because of their incompetence in doing their job. Well, listen, I'm not going to necessarily blame travel time because we don't know how or when the community transmission began. 
What I would say is that travel time has some serious failures that need to be addressed immediately. And I don't know when we reopen what role travel time would be playing in the reopening process. But the God's honest truth is if it's the same team and they're kind of making these really big mess ups as they are now, we should all be concerned. Something that right. So Ms. Darlene says that she has to do the swab three times per week at her renal clinic. It's something that you have to do before you enter for treatment and you just get used to it. It's what it is. Yeah, listen, too many people out there complaining about everything under the sun. I gotta be honest with you. Caymanians are some of the biggest crybabies in the world. Y'all complaining about, oh, you don't wanna get vaccinated. Your point says, okay, no problem. PCR test once a week. Oh no, I can't PCR test. I'm gonna get a nosebleed. Oh, it's uncomfortable. I'm gonna get a... How many things in life you know been doing all your life that's uncomfortable? Seriously, you just get used to it. <sighs> Magdalene says these people in Cayman need to realize that life must go on and we have to change. Uh, was in the UK last September and I saw how they were handling it. Good morning, Alex. Um, yes, every government has their challenges, so it's not feeling sorry for anyone. Yep. Louise uh, says this anti-vax people and the same people that don't even read the cereal ingredients on the box to find out what's in that. Ralston, good morning. Hailing from Georgia. What are you doing in Georgia? Um, very optimistic. I took an Uber driver. I talked to an Uber driver yesterday. He was not vaccinated and got COVID. And he was in a hospital for 46 days, 26 on a ventilator. Wow, he's lucky he survived. Um, he got vaccinated after, but he still has to take inflammation medication. He's very lucky. People have to get real and stop worshiping Satan and the new world order and the mark of the beast. It's time to know their own mark. These are the times of culmination of identity, pursuing dignity and purification of, and then that got cut off. In other words, get vaccinated. Uh, Soka says she's laughing because she's reading the ingredients and about to starve to death trying to avoid palm oil. Alex says if people were to follow protocol, we wouldn't be in this situation. But Alex, I agree with you. Um, it's kind of like what's happening in Jamaica, to be honest. A lot of people there are, um, you know, fighting with the government. The government puts all these stay-at-home provisions. They're about to go into a nightly um, curfew order. And people just not listening. Even some of their own people, their own minister. Remember him a couple of weeks ago? At a party, at a bar, celebrating the birthday of some political wannabe person. No mask, no this, no that. Um, thank you, Sharon. Uh, seven ICU beds. George confirms he's on his booster already. And he's going to leave the rest of God. Rachel says eight critical care HSA, 17 ICU beds at Health City, but the surge plan allows for more to be set up. Yes, good. Miss Della says, tell the truth, Sandra, and shame these trolls. So listen, folks, um, it is what it is. You know, we're here to have an honest discussion. You don't have to like it, and you certainly don't have to agree with it. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, the virus is here to stay, and we have community transmission. 
And I think that, um, you know, the rest of you are going to just have to listen. Like I said, you're telling me you're ready to die. That is actually your choice. You know, we don't, we don't allow, um, people to be euthanized here. And, um, I hope you're not saying that you're going to be committing suicide, but in a way you're kind of committing suicide. If you think that you can get through COVID unscathed because the chances of that happening are, are kind of slim. But if you don't want to get vaccinated and you want to take a chance, you know, at, at some level it's up to you, but you're also, you are definitely the ones who are driving up the numbers. And I love how unvaccinated people say it has nothing to do with them. When the scientific evidence proves that unvaccinated people, despite the fact that vaccinated people can get it, it is people who remain unvaccinated that have spread it and have allowed new variants of this virus to develop, including COVID. Let's look at what the good doctor um, had to say when he was looking at the numbers for the Cayman Islands. And again, this was Dr. Um, let me see here. This was Dr. Edwin Michaels, and he did predictions for Cayman based on what he had available at the time. And if you look at with the current social measures and vaccination, you know, you'll hit 95% chance of elimination on February 4th. 2022. That's what our, we are forecasting. The first week of uh, uh, February, you'll have only 5% five percent chance of resurgence. Uh, after that, the chance of resurgence will become smaller and smaller, meaning the chance of elimination will increase, so you can become safe. Okay, so um, before that, I mean, right now, uh, if you look at it, we are about 50%, maybe, chance of elimination. So it's very risky. You need to hit about 90 or 95 percent. That's when you can say we can fully uh, uh, reopen the economy. So that is the date that we are forecasting with current social measures. If you've released uh, all social measures from today onwards, you will reach that November 4th. That is because the infection will burn through the uh, remaining susceptibles. And I, I didn't uh, forgot to point out that is about 17 percent are currently still susceptible. Uh, they will burn through the susceptibles and then they will decline very quickly. And because of that, um, you know, you will reach uh, elimination much earlier, November 4th, 2021. But the trade-off is a lot of people are going to get infected. Look at the numbers here. You know, uh, at peak, we're hitting 700 people um, and compared to the current social measures. You know, um, the, the peak is like, not peak, you know, some of the curves can go up to about 140 or so. Here, some of the curves can go up to about 700. All right, folks. So again, that's uh, Dr. Edwin making some predictions for um, the Cayman Islands. Let me just see here. We have another video that we're still uploading. Okay, so this one is in relation to... Um, the ICU bed capacity. So give me one second to pull this one up. Thank you so much, folks, for all of your comments. Mm -hmm. I'm still eating my oatmeal. One thing I found with oatmeal is it takes a while <laughs> to eat. Like, you can't eat oatmeal super fast. Um, so Natasha said that she actually did a PCR test on Friday, and she found it to be a pleasant experience. Um, so yeah, 
So Vanessa says she believes that community spread began in August with 52 breaches. We will never know. Care unit beds um, compared to the 100,000 population. We have currently 37. And if we max out, if we use every bed just for COVID patients, we can actually reach 59 intensive care beds per 100,000 population. That's compared to the United States as 29 and the United Kingdom six per 100,000. We have, have at max 59. We never want to be using those. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Um, but we do have an awful lot of resource. If you look at the number of physicians that we have, the Cayman Islands is 321 compared to the United States is 277 and the United Kingdom's 230, 100,000 population. And it's a similar story for nursing. So we are exceedingly well provided for but um, on a per capita basis. But as we've said, we wish to make sure that we don't max things out. That's never a situation we want to be in. We want to flow, slow the flow of people to the hospitals in order that we can um, continue to provide everyday services. All right, folks. So um, again, Dr. Lee addressing your capacity, because it's not just ICU bed, it's staffing, it's ventilators, it's, you know, medication, it's, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, Miss Rhonda says, good morning, Sandy, please go on. I feel so concerned for you because some of these people are idiots. We have caregivers taking care of our children and are elderly and they're not vaccinated. Send them back wherever they're from. Please do not wait until their permit is up. Um, send them back. Do we know what we're putting in our children from six weeks old? And, and even before they go to school, do we know what we're putting in their little bodies? Get real people, get vaccinated. Sandy, you're doing a good, and I'm supposing that says job after that, but it got cut off. Miss um, Esley says exactly. People don't want to wear masks, no vaccines. This is our new norm that the whole world is dealing with. So get over it and take care of yourself and family with the proper methods. If you all care about the virus now, then stay yourselves at home and stop uh, going back with masks. Ms. Brenda says, remember where those breaches occurred? Again, all the non-essential travel contributed to the community spread, especially with agents and travel time, keep dropping the ball. Um, the other thing of, of note is when Soka says, I, I heard about these nosebleeds, and definitely um, says that they're doing the test wrong. Well, the thing about it, Soka, is the people who have said that they get nosebleeds have actually, to the best of my knowledge, never taken a PCR test. So those are people who are saying that they can't do it because they're, they suffer from nosebleeds. They haven't taken the test to know whether or not that would actually be the outcome. In other words, these people are full of a, they're full of you know what. That's just a convenient excuse. I've had one or two nosebleeds in my life and uh, I did the one COVID test and it certainly didn't cause that. So here's someone that says, good morning, good morning, good morning. 90% solid information about positive, positive cases at the Appleby Tower, direct contact with positive Cotton Club bartender over the weekend including a staff member of CBC, 
who was 100% confirmed positive and already in isolation. About four others also tested positive, including a staff member at Cayman Rehab, located opposite from Cotton Club, snaps, and possibly staff members of Chelsea's Bar waiting for confirmed reliable test results after several, after self-flow, um, lateral flow test results came up. Uh, what it appears to be positive shown two lines, one solid visibly and the second line not so visibly and they said, um, CMR on top of things, CMR run things. Well, folks, none of this would be um, a shock to me. I told y'all from Saturday that um, there were positive cases at Cotton Club. Now, y'all seem to love to go to these clubs. And I'm not picking on Cotton Club because Casa Club, or whatever they call themselves in the Strand, um, was allegedly having some positive cases as well. Now, they've denied it, despite the fact that I heard they had three. And they even went as far as sending some lateral flow test results. Here's the thing. If you have it, you must know that at this point you should be isolating yourself and don't be going back out to the club partying with other people because you're putting everyone at risk and uh, you will continue to spread this. Uh, this comment says very few people have nosebleeds, but typically it won't last long. That doesn't do any damage. It's compared to biopsy, something a bit uncomfortable, but can reveal something life-saving. Um, another comment says, I can't understand these people. If they don't want to get vaccinated and they want to do the PCR test, really, they are they said, really, these are unprecedented times and individual rights don't supersede the overall safety of society and other people. I heard a lot of stories about travel time. They are a hot mess. <laughs> Um, thank you for that comment about Aunt Lottie. Um, so we have 20 ventilators, um, HSA can confirm, 20 ventilators, and we've seen how many um, beds. Um, All right, let me see what else we got here. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Just trying to see if I missed any comments. All right. Uh, all right. So um, I'm sure that we'll hear a number of positive cases again coming out of all the testing that has been happening. Because remember now, unfortunately, the testing is going to be taking a little bit longer for results to come in. And that's to be expected. Um, Carol says legends as well. Good morning to Ms. Nancy. Um, Vanessa says these clubs need to be shut down. Well, what they need to do is they need to follow the existing protocols that are in place, social distancing, masking, and so on. And it seems to me that a lot of that isn't being done and um, they're not following any of those protocols. And so I would say in light of that, if they're not following any of those protocols, then yeah, they should be shut down. 
Um, but, you know, enforcement, the police, they tell you they're busy trying to solve other crimes and do other stuff. Okay, let me see. Have I saved this one? Let me show you guys this one as well. This is, um, okay, so here's some isolation information, folks. The government, uh, again, they have been very busy. Give them props where it's needed. They recognize that there was a real issue with people going into um, isolation unexpectedly and they themselves not having a plan. So the government has to put some level of support in place um, in order for, um, you know, the plans to come to fruition. So isolation support line, they set up a dedicated line for this, now separating it, because before these people would be calling the flu hotline, and you can see why that's probably not a good idea. Because again, it was clogging up that whole system, right? So now they set up a dedicated toll-free number, a phone number, an email address. They've got hours of operation. If you're in um, isolation and you require assistance, a bag of groceries or whatever, uh, you've got to be able to contact um, these individuals. So this is the isolation support call center. It is open, folks, from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Saturdays, 9 a.m. until 1. After 1 p.m., urgent calls can be diverted to the HMCI duty officer. Um, so the isolation support call center aims to assist with receiving and processing requests for humanitarian food, groceries, assistance for vulnerable people who've been directed by public health to isolate due to actual or potential exposure to COVID-19 within Cayman. Please note that the assistance is mainly the provision and delivery of groceries. And it is not to be used by people who have decided to travel or, and are in quarantine because of that. So if you come back and you self-quarantine and you didn't stock up on groceries at your quarantine facility, this really isn't designed for you. This is designed for people who, because of an outbreak, have been put in isolation without any notice. If you're traveling, you should have um, notices, folks, of, um, I mean, you should be prepared, right? You should have your food list and all those other things. All right. So uh, Ralston says, what about people? Um, why are people so negative about COVID when there's so many things that are consuming that are slowly killing them and given by the same system? Child, I'm telling you, it's the convenience of the argument. I know people who refuse to take a COVID um, vaccine, oh, Pfizer, this and that, and I can't trust these drug companies. But ironically, every day they take a blood pressure tablet, they take cholesterol medication, which is probably doing more to their kidneys and organs than COVID would ever do. Um, because, oh, you know, they don't want to drop dead with a heart attack because they're diabetic. They go to dialysis every week, multiple times a week, but yet they don't want to take the Pfizer vaccine. It's illogical. It makes no sense. That's all I can tell you. Miss Cora, good morning to you. So nice to see you here. Um, Miss Cora says she's here for the comments, but I'm slaying the makeup. Girl, I'm slaying modern technology. The only makeup I put on this morning was what you see on my lips. The rest is just beautiful virtual. I like it. I don't wear makeup because it clogs your pores and all kind of stuff. Like every time you put on foundation, you better make sure you're taking that stuff off and you're going to clean your pores properly. And, you know, so I love in the mornings now that I can get up and slay it, as Ms. Cora has said, 
And uh, it's all in the virtual world. Don't you just love modern technologies? Because it's modern technology, things like vaccines, why we're all alive today and don't have polio and not crippled or dead. Gabby says, and people need to be responsible too. If you can't stay home and go to establishments that have outside sitting um, and bring your own straw, tell the bartender don't put lime or straw in your cup as they have to handle it with their hands and no gloves are worn. Girl, you are a woman after my own heart. Can I tell you something about lime? And they've done studies on this, like when they put the lime and lemon on your drinks. So some people have gotten, they go, oh, can I have some water with lime in it? And they want to try and make a little lemonade at the if you know what I know about the studies that have been done about the germs that are on those pieces, those wedges of lime and lemons, you would never in your life ever ask for another piece of lime or lemon in a restaurant ever, ever in a million years. In fact, when I see them put it on the side of my drink, I quickly take it out and drop it on a side plate. You're not going to get me to eat it or put it in my water. So yes, Gabby girl. Um, Tab, Tab Jam says the PCR testing technique is poor at the HSA. Doctors' hospital staff do it much better and it's less damaging. Well, I tell you what, um, Tab Jam, uh, this feedback will definitely uh, be passed on to the HSA. Like I said, I had it done by someone um, who's a nurse in the um, emergency room. Both my daughter and I did it, and uh, we didn't have any issues. Um, I mean, obviously she was a five-year-old and I got to find it pleasant, you know, but I was just like, I was a little bit like, <gasps> and he said, all he said to me was open your mouth. And that, that suggestion of opening your mouth does allow it to, allows you to at least breathe because <laughs> I couldn't really breathe. But again, it was a couple seconds. That was it. Every time I go to give blood, I'm always one of those people that I have a hard time um, especially here, you know, I notice whenever I go to the States, cause they've dealt, dealt with so many people, thousands of people, um, they have a little bit of a harder, an easier time finding a line to insert. And normally they have to go through my hand where I have some, some veins, but like in my arm here, child, they be slapping that forever. And, uh, let's just say that I could never be a drug addict and take anything intravenously because child, I can't find a vein. And they're like, you, you just have very, um, and you know what else they tell me as well? They say, and this is probably why, they say you need to hydrate more because we shouldn't have such a hard time finding a vein. They're like slapping it and nothing not coming up. They're like, where are your veins? Drink more water. I'm like, okay. Uh, but then they have to use a little baby needle on me as well to try to get in there. Um, so we all have to do things on occasion. I go at least a couple times a year to try to do blood work, make sure everything's looking okay and whatever. It's not a pleasant experience, but I just man up, woman up, whatever you want to call it, and get it done. Need to go do my uh, breast mam mammogram. Have you ever had a mammogram done? That's like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. They're squeezing your bubbies to pieces. And those of us who have a little bit more, you know, they want to make sure they get all the edges and all this kind of stuff. That is actually painful. They literally squeeze your boobs and flatten them like a pancake and a little... Um, Mammography machine. You ever had an ultrasound done, like an abdominal ultrasound? They'd be pushing down on it. And uh, hello, none of these things are pleasant. But as someone said, you're doing it for the greater good and making sure you don't have something that we need to be concerned about. Women, you ever went to the gynecologist and had to have a vaginal exam, a pap smear every single year? 
Tell them about a pap smear is pleasant. Having someone clamp your vagina open, like seriously. No, it's not pleasant. Childbirth, is childbirth pleasant? How many of y'all not did that a million times? It ain't pleasant. So there's a lot of medical procedures, folks, that we have done on a regular basis that I must tell you, not pleasant and can even be painful. And uh, we do it nonetheless. Because again, you just do what you gotta do. And you know what I've always said? Um, any Anyone can survive anything once you know it's only for a time. Those poor people during the Holocaust, slavery, in, in their heads, the, how they survived it is they're probably thinking, one day I'm gonna be delivered from this evil. And if you believe whatever situation you're in is only temporary, there's an out, you can survive anything. People lose hope when they don't believe anything will ever change. That's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Miss um, Sue says water has nothing to do with veins. I'm always, I've always had that problem finding veins. Well, I don't know. That's what they always ask me here. Are you drinking enough water? And I'm like, yes, I'm trying. Uh, Ralston says that's the way it is. Pessimism. Hope they're optimistic when the worst things uh, some COVID is like eating a candy um, to what is to come through COVID strap down the hatch and prepare for the worst storms. Denny says an MRI should be the standard instead of mammography. Well, Denny, the physicians, like the medical experts, don't actually agree with you. So I appreciate your layman's opinion. But when we talk to the experts, they still say mammography is the way to detect it. By the way, um, do not forget that um, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so ensure that you, um, you know, get tested. Now, I don't, I don't care if you do an MRI or if you do a mammogram. Um, to Denny's point. It says here that um, there are there's research now that's finding that an MRI um, for some 40% of women is a better option. So depending on certain things like density of your breasts, as well as those with significant genetic risk, that the MRI is more sensitive than the mammography. Um, the real issue appears to be that the MRIs are actually very expensive for routine screenings. That's why they don't recommend them because if it's only 40%, again, they're going to look at cost benefit analysis. If it's working for the majority of people, then, um, you know, they'll tell you that that's what they're going to go with. Do we have an MRI machine for the purposes of um, breast cancer screening in Cayman? Anybody has such a machine? Um, Anyway, uh, a bit off topic, but we will be having a word with the um, Breast Cancer Organization on Island. Um, actually, that reminds me to send an email. Weeks just go by so quickly. Okay, uh, so on 
Thursday's show, which is tonight. Tonight is Thursday, right? Gosh, the time just really, really flies. So tonight we're going to have data scientist, Dr. Salimi, who's going to have a discussion about vaccines, debunking myths, and speak more generally about what the vaccines are, how they work, and what are the benefits. So make sure that you tune in for that. Dr. Jason Salimi will be um, on the program this evening. He is at the University of, um, he's part of USF Health, uh, Public Health. Um, he currently has over 150 peer-reviewed papers and many published abstracts and conference uh, talks in May of 2020. Um, he began building his own statewide interactive dashboard to track COVID-19 in the state of Florida. And his dashboard received national attention from the COVID tracking project and has been an invaluable resource for researchers, data scientists, advocacy groups, county commissioners, and other citizens throughout the state. Wow, this is amazing. So tune in tonight at seven o'clock. Dr. Jason Salimi uh, will be on with uh, none other than Kevin Watler. Again, this is part of the COVID um, CMR, COVID Spotlight series, folks. Kevin has managed to really pull some tricks out of, the, out of his hat in terms of the caliber of individuals that he has been able to get on the program, folks. You want to listen to these people. When I sit here and I listen to certain people who talk about their physicians and came out, they're 60, 70, 80 years old, whatever, and they're telling you about pro-choice and this and that, these people have never in their entire lives had a single peer review published anything, right? They're not experts on COVID. They're not experts on infectious diseases, generally speaking. They're not experts in anything. And some of y'all sitting down there treating them like they are a god. And if you know anything about the world of qualifications and medicine, that sort of thing, you look stupid doing so. You look stupid putting these people on a pedestal. Right? When I hear that someone has had 150 peer-reviewed papers published, I'm just like, what? Now that is somebody that I want to hear from. That is someone that when they speak, I am more likely to believe what they have to say. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, folks. Um, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, yes, they always use the, um, I don't even know. I think it's like the needle that they use in small pets, small animals and children. It's like the same size needles, like the baby needle. Yes, child, they always have to use that on me to try and get some blood. But, you know, I still have it done. So here it is now. This this is this is the kind of foolishness that you know I really have an issue with. So this person says apparently one of the persons um, is out and about, knowing that they have a lateral flow test result that came back positive. Very irresponsible. Don't know the name. Trying to get the information. This is where y'all just don't care. This is where y'all just don't care. You have a lateral flow positive result, and you're waiting on a PCR result. Why are you out and about? Are you crazy? Why are you hanging out with people? This is where we need to have a super jackass of the day category. Because that's just so irresponsible, people. We're in the same boat together. Unfortunately, your decisions impact all of us. 
Try to be more responsible. Stop the nonsense. Anyway, good people. I thank you so much for tuning in. Here's a, a bit more information here. Vaccinated outside of the U.S. If you're fully vaccinated and you've received one dose of Johnson Johnson's vaccine, any combination of two doses of the FDA approved, authorized, or anything on the WHO list. Um, so this now is from the um, CDC. Says that those vaccinated outside of the United States are considered fully vaccinated if they have the one dose of Johnson & Johnson or any combination of two doses of the FDA approved or authorized. Oh Lord, have mercy. Um, the authorized um, vaccines. So this is a helpful chart. Just received word here that um, the CBC staff member who's currently at the hospital and it appears to be one of those that's with the oxygen is not doing so well. Oh my God. Mm -mm -mm. CBC, what a mess. Not good. Um, listen, whatever people think, I do not um, want for um, anyone to get seriously ill with this, but I, I know that that is the reality. I don't know who this person is, but CBC, except for the one person who's on a work permit there, which we not get into this morning, um, is probably a Caymanian, you know? are connected to Caymanian. So we'll soon hear who that poor person is that I'm hearing isn't doing so well in the hospital. I'm begging y'all, don't take, don't take COVID for a joke. I mean, seriously, do not mess around with COVID. <sighs> mm -mm. Uh, Ralston, thank you so much. All right, folks. Um, one other announcement. Um, Sabrina Turner is doing a COVID lateral flow test um, info session here. Um, just reminding you that all positive results, if you're doing the home test, is supposed to be reported to public health. And again, you have a responsibility to do your part. Right? If you have a lateral flow test, you're supposed to contact public health. Now, I don't know how they want you to contact them. Um, I mean, they have numbers here, but you know, do they do they want you emailing them at all? Or because if you're contacting them, you can't reach anybody because they're busy doing other stuff. I don't know how that's going to work. So now that they've introduced the um, emails as a system or way of notifying you, so again, this came down the pipeline late yesterday. If you're COVID positive. They will be, um, if you're COVID positive, they will now be emailing you your results. So make sure you have access to your email and you're actually checking it. I think they just couldn't do enough phone calls yesterday, a hundred and something phone calls. And you know, when you call people, the phone rings off, they don't answer the phone, da, 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 da. So they're saying, listen, check your emails. You need to be checking your emails in real time because imagine how this is going to play out now. 
Say on Sunday, they were emailing this guy at the airport going back to the Bronx. Would they have still called him because they knew he was traveling and wasn't just doing a COVID test for other purposes? Do those individuals, this is a question that I'll ask the HSA and public health here in a second, do those individuals get priority in terms of, oh, we better call, because they called him when he was at the airport about to board the plane to tell him to get out of the airport. There were other people yesterday in Kim and Brock who were at Faith Hospital waiting to get their second vaccine or get kids vaccinated or whatever, because now they're like, ooh, now that it's here, I better get on this vaccine thing. And they were called to say, you've got a family member who's positive um, <clears throat> to please uh, get home immediately. Now you sitting there, um, you might not be checking your emails. So I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's a bit of a quandary um, with the emailing system because I know a lot of people who don't check emails as regularly as they would be answering the phone. Thank you, Soka. Um, the lips are real though. It's just the eyelashes, the eyes. And it looks like it's put on a little bit of blush. Um, no, they said, wait a minute. Positives will get a phone call. Negatives will be emailed. I thought they said, oh, hold on. No. People who are positive will get an email. Just like those who are negative. And along with that email, instructions and what anybody has to do. Nope, 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 Miss Brenda. I had to double check this because I thought I was crazy for a second there. In fact, let us watch what Dr. Lee actually said. And this is how we'll end the program today. But that's the quote that we have in the article. And I know we quoted that verbatim. We wouldn't have done it as a quote if we weren't sure of what he said. So yesterday was the 27th. Hold on one second. I'm going to pull up his video um, from... All right, so let's do Dr. Lee's video in case you miss it, and then we'll do the the um, one from uh, Minister Turner right after that. So yeah, no, the positives will be notified by email as well. I would have thought, honestly, hear me out now, public health and travel command is whoever's in charge of this. I don't think email is the way to go, like for the reasons I just gave. Some people don't check no emails. What you need to do at the very minimum, so if, you, if you're inundated um, with phone calls and whatever, use WhatsApp. Everybody live on WhatsApp. Even people who don't even have email. Government, take me for a fool. That's okay. But listen to me this morning. The emailing of test results ain't gonna work. Okay? People are not gonna check that till days later. If you can't call, because you don't have enough people on the call system, send WhatsApp messages. You know how easy it is with the technology that we have? Hear, hear me now. You set up a WhatsApp number for public health. For dolling out results only. Right? Copy and paste. You have somebody sit in front of a computer. 
WhatsApp can be installed on the computer or you could use the web version. So they're typing, they don't have to type from a phone. You type on your keyboard. You type a standard message that says you have tested COVID positive. Here are your instructions and you attach the document or a link or whatever. You copy and paste that. So you have 126 results yesterday. Literally in 10 minutes with copy and pasting, I could message all of the 126 positive people in like 10, give me 15 minutes. Say I'm having a slow day with copy and pasting and I slow down a little bit because I don't want to notify someone who's negative that they're positive and make a mistake. It is the easiest thing in the world actually to do. WhatsApp them. Anybody at public health listening? Travel came in, government, anybody? Work with me here. See the logic in what I'm telling you that your desire to email people is not going to be the most effective way to do so. Not notification, no. This is where y'all need to be talking to people before you make these kind of decisions. I'm just saying. All right. Um, she said it last night. Okay, well, let's listen to those messages again. Yes, Kayleen. Don't you agree? Send messages, WhatsApp and texting. Yeah, some people still read texts, not me, but you know, yeah. Um, Sandy, note everyone ha- has WhatsApp or email. So how about just texting? Not everyone has WhatsApp. Really? Why not? Because if they have a phone number, 99.9999999% of the people have uh, WhatsApp. Let's have a listen to Dr. Lee. Hello, everyone. You'll all be aware that the number of positives is rising quite sharply now, and not only in Grand Cayman, but in the sister islands as well. It's a concern for all of us, and my thoughts are with everyone who is positive or who may have loved ones that are positive and are naturally worried about the outcome. I think the good news is the large majority of us will sail through this. We may have some minor symptoms, some nasal stuffiness, some sore throat, some cough, and a fever, but taking some paracetamol and simple measures such as this should see us through the event, especially if we're vaccinated. That's because most people will suffer with um, minor symptoms from COVID-19 disease. Um, And that is also the benefit of having high vaccination numbers because those people who are vaccinated are really protected against serious illness and any other poor outcomes. However, at the moment, because a lot of us are having to go into isolation, I think it's a good time to remember being well prepared, came and being prepared and to think about stocking up of food, items, uh, essential medicines, and water, should you need that, in case you're asked to isolate or in case you have to look after somebody that's asked to isolate in your household. Largely as you would prepare for any disaster that's approaching, such as a hurricane. I know that some people um, are um, somewhat disgruntled that they've not received tests as quickly as they would like, 
Public Health did aim to phone everybody that's positive within 24 hours. However, with the growing number of cases, it's becoming increasingly difficult. As a result, a new process is going to be instituted whereby people who are positive will be sent an email, just like those who are negative. And along with that email will, will be instructions that anybody who is a new positive needs to isolate and continue to isolate um, those who are vaccinated for 10 days and those who are unvaccinated for 14 days. Many of you know that the HSA is undergoing some remodeling, particularly around the um, accident and emergency department. Um, this doesn't make the hospital look at its best, but hopefully it'll look a lot better once the work is done and will give everybody a better patient experience. So my understand, please provide the HSA understanding in that regard as they go through this essential remodeling process. Please also remember to respect all of the healthcare providers, whether they're first responders, people coming to your house, or whether they're people you're meeting in the clinics, or, or in the um, casualty department, or any, anywhere else in the public or the private sector. All of these workers are under a good deal of strain with the number of people feeling unwell at the moment. <clears throat> and they themselves obviously may have people at home who they're concerned about um, with, their own, with their own problems. All right, folks, so that's um, Dr. Lee. Let me just pull up the um, Sabrina Turner video. Please continue to um, listen to this um, from Minister of Health and Wellness. I thought it important that I speak with you all today to address any concerns and confusion that you may be feeling about the current number of COVID-19 cases throughout our community. I am sure that the rising number of cases comes as rather a shock to our system after spending over 18 months in our COVID-19 bubble. But now we must join the rest of the world managing community spread among our population. It was inevitable that it would happen, and we are prepared. We have been preparing for a long time, and certainly since I've taken office. It is very likely that we will continue to see numbers rise as we increase testing. This is also down to the highly contagious nature of this virus, and in particular, the dominant Delta variant, despite what may seem like high numbers of positives being reported daily, I am urging everyone to stay calm. The Cayman Islands, all three of them, are in a very good position to manage COVID-19 and emerge on the other side. Firstly, as you've all seen from the daily reporting of our vaccination numbers, we have a highly vaccinated population with 79% of our people being at least partially inoculated against COVID-19 to date. Secondly, we have a highly prepared and resourced healthcare system with the necessary medical expertise and equipment available on island to treat severe COVID-19 cases should we see them occur. And finally, we have a very educated population who are well-versed in the necessity of taking personal protective measures 
such as wearing masks in public indoor spaces, social distancing, and practicing good hygiene by washing our hands and using hand sanitizer. And we can take heart from and be optimistic about the fact that the vast majority of our cases are mild to moderate, with very few cases thus far requiring either hospitalization or oxygen support, and with most cases continuing to be asymptomatic. We are tracking this data in order to be able to respond to any changes in these trends right away. And while I am on the subject of tracking and reporting, we will be tweaking our reporting going forward with the daily update being provided by the Public Health Department and disseminated through our government communication channels. The Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Lee, will still be providing regular messages and periodic updates as needed. Additionally, we will be improving communication of results directly to people who have been tested. Public Health will be notifying both positives and negatives via email going forward rather than negatives by email and positives by phone in order to make notification more immediate for those who are positive. In this way, we will also reduce uncertainty for people who are positive and will let them know as soon as possible if they need to remain in isolation. I would ask everyone, however, to understand that results can take up to 72 hours to be returned. So please be patient as we want to ensure that your results are accurate as well as timely. We will be launching an online reporting for positives over the next day or so. I would also like to ask anyone who thinks you may be positive to stay at home until you can be tested. This is the best way to minimize spreading the virus until you know for sure. I have also seen over the past few days that there is mounting concern in the sister islands regarding positive cases in Kimabrak and Little Cayman. Again, this was inevitable, the current pandemic situation, but I assure you that we are extending the same support to our people on Kimabrak and Little Cayman that we are on Grand Cayman. Everyone affected by COVID-19 in the Cayman Islands will have access to support in getting groceries and other supplies as well as with getting their results in a timely fashion and being able to apply for the ex-gratia stipend if eligible. As we are doing with schools on Grand Cayman, we will be offering lateral flow tests in Cayman Brack schools so we can quickly identify cases and advise on isolation as needed with the intent to make the process as quick and efficient as possible. National guidelines on COVID-19 testing for students and children will be released to the public tomorrow, Thursday, October 28th. We are committed to doing everything we can to inform, assist and support you and are walking with you and beside you through this time of community spread. I thank you all for your support and cooperation during this time 
and wish you peace, safety, and good health now and always. any of that this is the memories of yesteryears the cayman islands um folk singers are in concert from october the 29th through the 31st and on cayman brack on november the 6th so please ensure that you check it out you can get your tickets in advance contact the cayman, Is cayman islands um national cultural foundation for tickets at 949 tuning in to another edition of the cold hard truth make sure to check facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com subscribe to our ig and facebook pages to get the latest happenings 